So we've been um, in a study here of uh, uh, the spiritual realm for 18 weeks, and the first three weeks were around uh, the person and work of Christ. And uh, we've looked through um, Satan and his role and um, what he's doing, and we've looked at the demonic realm, and we've looked at the nature of temptation, we've looked at uh, the, the nature of uh, how we exercise that just in our own lives, and we've looked at the spirit, the, the armor of God, and how that interacts with us, and how we need to um, stand firm, and, and what does it really mean day in and day out as to how that happens. And then these last two weeks, we're going to focus on holy angels, and we probably won't break into the nice little um, sections that are here. We'll just go for broke here. Um, Their nature and their attributes and their classification, their ministry. So um, that's the important thing I want to try to move through in our time together in the last couple weeks here. So if you don't have a handout, there are some in the back. Uh, Make sure you get one of those. And uh, I want to start with uh, uh, the nature and attributes of holy angels. Nature and attributes of holy angels. Uh, Holy angels, as we've looked at before, are spirit beings. Spirit beings. Uh, Turn with me to Hebrews 1, verse 14. Hebrews 1, verse 14. What does a spirit being mean? I mean, sometimes we use words. I, I just want to make sure we're in sync. What does a spirit being mean? Okay. An immaterial part that somehow dwells in a dimension called the spirit world, which the physical eyes can't see unless they're opened up. Um, so it's in a dimension that is that is around us, but not uh, we can't see. It's not visible. Good good way to put it. Not visible. Right. Uh, Hebrews one fourteen. Somebody will read that. Okay, we're going to bundle a whole bunch of pieces out of this verse as we go through our study together. But the first one is, are not angels all, quote, ministering spirits? So angels are spirits. They're ministering spirits. We'll come back to ministering a little bit later when we talk about um, roles. Um, So spirits are without fleshly bodies. They don't have physical uh, bodies that can be seen or or touched. Um, They don't marry or procreate. Um, They don't marry or procreate. Uh, Turn with me to, let's go to the Matthew 22.31. Matthew 22.30. Matthew 22.30. Why don't you read 29.30. Matthew 22.29 and 30. Okay. So, somehow at the resurrection, and the resurrection is when? When is the resurrection? What's the resurrection? It's when what gets glued together? The body and the, body and the, the, the bride and the groom. The, the what? Is it, is it the groom being Christ? Okay. So, it's when, when, when uh, those two come together. Uh, it's also when what? When our physical body, our, our immaterial permanent eternal bodies gets connected with our eternal souls okay okay so those get glued together and uh, it's at it's in the resurrection when when that happens and he says in that in that day in that time uh, we will be what just like the angels in heaven in what way that they don't they don't marry nor are given in marriage um, certainly the under, underpinnings of that is that that, that um, 
yeah, there there is an appropriative capabilities within the within the spirit within the spiritual realm within the angelic realm. Um, yeah. There's two ways to view that 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 set of verses. There, one 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 would be that they, um, you know, the the traditional way, which would be that they uh, that somehow they 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 physically um, had intercourse, let's say, with um, with women. Um, which I, I would not lean into. Um, in fact, Don and I had a long discussion about this. Um, because of this verse, I, I don't think that they have the capability to procreate. So how did, how did that happen then? Um, wh- what I would lean into would be that they indwelled the sons of, of Adam um, in such a way that they, um, that they, they, took, they took them over. They indwelt them. They inhabited them. And therefore, the offspring of them, that braved way, um, created this you know, giants and Nephilim that so occurred. Yeah. And not for, the, for, the, for this reason, primarily. Marriage, yeah. Some people don't have to right. marry. Yeah, I mean, you could go there. Um, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like as though the spiritual realm has the ability to... Um, Create more, or to create uh, others. And so that that in and of itself seems to be that there's this finite number of, of created beings, never to go more or less. Because then, if they had the capability to procreate in the spiritual realm, then you would that would be one of Satan's biggest desires would be to make it even Stephen, because he has only one third of of the angelic world that that, that followed him, and so. His desire then would be to make it even, or even go beyond that. So, um, again, you know, that's where I would land on that one. Um, it's a really good question, though. Um, so, uh, pardon me. Yeah, I mean, the whole again tying back that back in 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 the, in there is this whole issue of trying to corrupt the seed that would yet come. You know, okay, um, cannot die. Uh, Luke twenty thirty six. Um, uh, some of these we're not going. I'm just going to refer to. Um, uh, can reveal themselves to mankind in human bodies. Can reveal themselves to mankind in human bodies. Turn with me to Genesis eighteen, uh, verses one through three. Um, does anybody remember the context of this one? Off the top of their head, Genesis eighteen, verses one through three. <laughs> Does anybody have that? Read it. One through three. Then the Lord appeared to him by the. He lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, oops, that came out wrong. Saw them. He ran from the. Okay, and if you go through the the rest of it, this was the whole thing of where uh, Abraham sitting there, and three three individuals come up, uh, and somehow through some revelation, one of these individuals seems to possibly be the pre-incarnate Christ. Um, he says, Lord, if you look at that, it's, uh, Lord is capitalized, isn't it? Mm-hmm. See that there? And uh, the other two, and interesting enough, if you keep going, he has this interaction, not only about Sarah, but he has this interaction with these three individuals about, about, about uh, um, Sodom also. And they're the, what's going to happen with Lot and you know, Sodom and Gomorrah. And uh, um, so, it's quite fascinating, but somehow Abraham understood in some way that, that one of them, at least, was 
was was Lord. And so he, th- these angels, I believe there are two angels, because I think the other two angels, if you go down to chapter 19, verse 1, continue on in their journey um, to uh, to go to, to Sodom themselves. But they're in a, some type of a, they've been able to manifest themselves in a physical form that looked like just men, um, looked like men. And so it wasn't like Abraham was like, taken back and goes, whoa, they're really, really different. They're weird, or this or that. You know, it's like they were able to manifest themselves into a hum- human form and fly under the radar as it pertains to being something, you know, different or, or whatever. So um, Ab- uh, they can reveal themselves uh, to mankind in human bodies. Um, they can also reveal themselves to mankind in their, in, in their, in their spiritual um, bodies also. Um, but both seem to be the case. Okay. Materialize. Yeah, mir- ma- be able to demonstrate themselves in in the form that they have somehow. Uh, when when obviously what, back to God's sovereignty, when God will permit them to do that. You know, you, see, you think about you know when uh, the angels appeared uh, at the um, to the shepherds, right? I mean they. Says and, you know they appeared and so they, they physically saw them. They heard the, the sound of the singing um, there at that time. It's a perfect example. Another example, you know, whether that was the pre-incarnate Christ or not, too. But it was definitely a human being form uh, that he says. And I looked and I saw, you know, one who looked like the Son of Man. You know, good. Okay. Next is that they are created beings. Angels are created by God. Through his word. Turn with me to one, Psalm 148. Psalm 148, verse 2 through 5. Psalm 148, verses 2 through 5. Somebody got that? Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, highest heaven. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Okay. Establish them forever and ever. Not pass away. Okay. So, um... I could jump into another whole <laughs> diatribe around praise here. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you can't read this without going, you know, the highest praise for the highest God in the highest heaven. You know, it's like, come on. Um, but uh, uh, he says um, he, he spoke the word and they were created. They came into being. Uh, they, 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 they nothing to being in, 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 in creation. Okay, uh, next one is uh, that um, they sang to God upon their creation. Sang to God upon their creation, or actually sang to God after their creation is how I have it here. It, uh, some would think it might be upon their creation, some after their creation, certainly after their creation, after it be created would be when they sang. This verse seems to somehow connect that very, very closely with the, with, with the formation of the earth also, or the, the universe, let's call it that way. Um, uh, somebody got Job uh, uh, 38. Uh, read that for us. Okay, so the vast majority of the time you see, I mean, you, there, there's, a, there's two streams of thought. Sons of God are, are the line of Seth from the very beginning. Um, Another is sons of God are are angels, and you know obviously I think in this verse it's certainly angels. Um, morning stars sang to go- God together, sang together uh, to the glory of God. But but isn't this a great kind of? I mean, 
t- take a person to these set of verses and like go, you know, like do you get like how back to your point, how far God is from <laughs> from us? You know, it's like you know t- to the uh, is like Buzz Lightyear, you know, in uh, in in uh, what is it in uh, in Toy Story, right? He's like to infinity and beyond. <laughs> He's so far far beyond, you know, where we're, who we are and and everything. So um, that's the same way, you know. Uh, I, I, I was going to bring this bring it today, and I didn't. I forgot to bring it, but let me mention it. Is like um, A. W. Tozer talks about. You know, if in fact we could somehow in- interview a watcher of this world who has spent their entire existence in the presence of God, how great, how, how, how would they speak of God and His glory and who He Would it not just be transformational in, in, our, in our understanding of who and 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 their... their their knowledge and their wisdom would be so beyond where even we are at today because of scriptures say, right, that knowledge and wisdom come from where? Knowing God. So if you've dwelled in the presence of God for all this time, I mean, wouldn't it just like blow you away that somehow... You know, they know him so much more intimately because of the physical proximity and presence. I mean, that, that's the amazing thing to me. I don't think they're... Oh, I agree with you, Mom. It's like, just start to think about that, you know, and it's like, as far as the ant is to, you know, the human being would be like their understanding of wisdom beyond ours because of this issue of the presence. So they sang together for, for joy. Just don't miss it, right? I mean, talking about the angels here have intellect, they have emotion, they have will, they have like all these things that are person personhood kind of things that 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 explode into a rapturous, you know, thunderous acclaim of God and who He is. Um, what an amazing thing! Um, next is in Colossians one sixteen. Somebody want to read that? Colossians one sixteen. For in him all things were created, So I can't be dogmatic here, but I think you'll see I probably make an illusion here that you know, at the same time or or about the same time, the the all all things were created. They were all brought from nothing into something. Um, and in this situation he says that there's something in the spiritual realm, too. And there's something in the physical realm. Both realms came into existence by God speaking it into existence. The angelic spiritual realm and all the places of it. And all the physical realm. And the universe we know it. He says both came into existence and they are designed by God for what purpose? Right. They've been created through Him and what? For Him. For Him. What does that mean? For his glory, for his praise, for his his honor, it's it's to lift him up to the highest place in the highest heavens. It's all about him. It's a, it's like draw a circle, and he's in the middle of every circle you draw. Um, and that's what it's about. Yeah. So their purpose is to give glory to God. That's the purpose of their creation. 
Um, this is where I, I probably can't be dogmatic, but I, I do believe that they were created simultaneously um, at one time with an um, innumerable in number, innumerable in number. Uh, so they were created at one time in Colossians 1.16 is where I would probably get that. Uh, there, there may be a better verse for it, um, but it seems to indicate that. I mean, I, I couldn't be dogmatic, but it seems like you know he created the universe as we know it. He created mankind. He created all life. He created the spiritual dimension is how I would see that. Um, the next is uh, uh, there's a constant number of them. Um, there's a constant number of them. The idea here is that there's a, a finite number. That Back to our, our discussion we had a little bit earlier, um, Kim, 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 Kim asked a good question there. The next here is that there are um, myriads upon myriads. Turn with me to Hebrews 12.22. Hebrews 12.22. Somebody got that? Let's do 22, 23, and 24 so we get the context here. But ye are coming to Mount Zion, and unto of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, memorable company, general assembly, and church written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the new covenant, and blood of sprinkling, that seeketh her things, that of Abel. So, so he's talking about, what's he talking about here? Where is this? Zion. Okay, Mount Zion. That's that's the physical place. That's the place. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the heavenly Jerusalem. He doesn't say physical Jerusalem. He says the heavenly Jerusalem, right? Mm-hmm. And so, who shows up? Who, who, who's it? Who's it? Who's it? Who's in? Who, who's there? Who, where are the different groups of people or uh, personages? In that verse, twenty-two through twenty-five. Yeah. Who's in the heavenly Jerusalem? Okay, myriads of angels, general assembly, uh, uh, and who's in the general assembly? The, it says the church of the what? Firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Okay, that, that would probably be who? Church. This is the church, right? Church of the firstborn, body of Christ. Okay, and to who? The spirits of righteous men made perfect. Who's that? Who's the righteous men made perfect? Okay, the, the, you have the New Testament believers here. Who who are the who are those who are the spirits of righteous men made perfect? Okay, so it's those from Old Testament saints, right? So so here you got them all, right? There's the Old Testament saints. You got the New Testament believers, Church of the Firstborn. You have angels there, and who else is there? Two other per, two others. Holy Spirit, Jesus. So it says so it says God, right? And it says Jesus. Yeah, God and Jesus. It's God the judge of all and Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. Okay. But it says myriads and myriads of angels. Any, any thought of what a myriad is? A lot. A lot. <laughs> lot lots, huh? Uh, any thousands upon thousands, innumerable is the idea. Turn with me to Revelation chapter I think it's five. Mm-hmm. Revelation five. Um, yeah, would somebody read verse uh, eleven and uh, twelve? 
I looked and heard the, <clears throat> the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, ten thousand times ten. The voice they sang, power and wealth and wisdom. Amen. We could keep going with that one, right? <laughs> um, so, so, so how many angels are there? Thousands times ten thousands, ten thousand times ten thousands. What, what's that meant to elicit or communicate? Uncountable. We know what you mean. <laughs> okay. There's stars okay. It's reason you see other stars. Okay. So it's, you can't, I don't yeah. know why you can't. It's like the sand of the seashore, right? That's why you use that for Abraham's situation. So it's like an innumerable number. It's inf- almost in, uh, infinite in its total. I mean, maybe it's billions and billions, you know. It's it's lots. Like, all all y'all's... Uh, angels are lots. <laughs> They're tons. Many, many. Okay? And and the great news is that however many there are, what's their relationship to the demonic world? Two to one. Exactly. Good, good call. Um, good, yeah, two to one. Absolutely. Um, so you can, we can... Well, you're saying you really have two angels. Two guardians. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us need a lot more than that. <laughs> But they still have a number. Yeah, there's finite number. Yeah, and it's not growing, it's not changing, yeah, it's know, not so pro- procreating. Kind of being and we are procreating and aging and dying, whereas they were all made all at one time, yeah. forever. And we are too in our spiritual life, but in our dimension of life he gave us, we have to yeah. dine, but they were all made at one time. Correct. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that's, that's what we would... Understand. Um, so, there, so there's many, 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 and that number is a finite number, changing because they are, as we're going to see later, eternal in nature. Okay, they're a higher order than man today. Um, I, I wrote this down twice here, so you may have to copy it twice, but shouldn't have had to. So they're higher order than man today. Um, so somebody want to turn with me to Hebrews uh, twelve, Hebrews two, verses not verse nine. Hebrews two verse nine. Okay, so we have we have God, these three three persons. Okay, and created angels. Angels got broken into two thirds and one third, right? This broke into um, fallen angels, holy angels. Okay, and what does this verse say here? Happened. We. So, also there's mankind here that was created. Mankind. mankind is here. And what does this verse say occurred here? Lower than the angels. So he was above, above angels. And it says that he became for what? A little while. little while. little while. Lower than angels. Okay? Mm-hmm. When he became a man. For what purpose? For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, by the grace of God he might taste death for every one, and therefore bring many sons to glory, right? Okay. So, what happened? So, he died for redemption, right? And when he died, he was resurrected. And when he was resurrected, he, he took what place? Okay. The third heaven, right hand of God. Okay? So, he then went to what place? Again. Higher than than the angels. Right. 
And certainly when this one-third fell, uh, this two-thirds went to a higher place there. So keep that in mind as we come, we'll come back to this a little bit later when we talk about a couple other things, because I think it's really important. A higher uh, level of uh, order. Because of the fall, because they didn't start no. now yeah. rank higher. This actually they would come down, right? We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that actually unbundles itself as we go through our time together. Um, so he was made a little bit for. It says for a little while. Little while there is that time that he was in, in on Earth. Okay, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, again, the, the, why are they a higher order than man today? It's because they don't die. They, they don't. They don't. They, they're not fit, they don't taste physical death. Um, also, they have greater wisdom than man, but limited. They have greater wisdom than man, but limited. <clears throat> uh, I won't turn to 2 Samuel 14.20, but that's that, that, in that passage, it um, talks about an angel of God who has you know, greater wisdom. Turn with me to Matthew 24.36. Uh, Matthew 24.36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Okay, when, 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 um, Christ, when Jesus Christ said this, uh, he's saying that not even the angels in heaven know when this date of this second coming is going to be, the return. Okay, so they don't know everything. They know a lot, but they don't know everything. Much greater wisdom than, than men. We talked about why earlier. Um, any questions about that? Okay. So um, the next thing here is that uh, they have greater power than men, but limited. Greater power than men, but limited. Uh, Matthew 28, since we're in Matthew, turn over to the right a couple uh, chapters. Matthew 28. Verse 2. Somebody want to read that one? And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Okay, and, and I think in, in another one of the passage, in another one of the books, they, the, the women who were coming to, to the grave were, were really concerned because they didn't know what? Who was going to roll a stone, right? I mean, it's too big, far too big. For that to happen, okay. But the angel rolled, angel rolled it away the stone. Um, the stone in front well, of it right well, after he was buried. The, the the soldiers did right. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of thought that this was on an incline of some kind that would allow them, you know, to take the <laughs> take the little lug nut out, you know, let it let it go, you know, and uh, a whole bunch of you know Roman. Uh, whole, whole group of guards uh, that one off. Okay, uh, <clears throat> won't look at it. But Acts uh, chapter five verse nineteen, um, the uh, disciples, the apostles were um, thrown in prison, and uh, an angel of the Lord um, opened up the prison doors and got them out. And Peter said, "You know, we're go- we're not going to obey you. We're going to obey God." Kind of. Um. Also, Second Peter two eleven. Um, uh, why don't you turn with me there? Second Peter two eleven. Okay, again talking about these false teachers who uh, who are who do who take it upon themselves to do whatever whatever they feel like. So unprincipled men. Um, 
So th- they're they're willing to take them on and say these kind of things. Um, daring self-willed is the idea. Um, but but the but Peter through the through Revelation uh, communicates that the that angels are greater in might and power than than we are. In that. Okay, and then uh, limited uh, Daniel ten thirteen. Uh, I thought that was a, an interesting glimpse into um, the spiritual realm. Uh, Daniel ten thirteen. Uh, I want you to turn there. Okay, and verse fourteen says he's come to give them an understanding of what will happen to your people, the people of Israel, in the latter days. For the vision pertains to the days yet future. So who who is this king of Persia? Remember when we talked about the demonic realm and okay, for in Persia's Iran, right? Okay. So Iran, there, there's this uh, there's this highest high high ranking um, demon uh, over uh, Iran as a geo, geopolitical place, um, and uh, somehow this this prince. Uh, in the spiritual realm, held up this a- this angel of coming uh, to uh, speak this truth about this future day, and this this one who was going to speak this truth, we find uh, was Gabriel. Gabriel was sent by God to do this, and somehow Gabriel gets gets waylaid by this um, this prince of Persia until until who came? Michael. Michael came. Somehow to help in, in some way, shape, or form. Hindered, be better Hindered is good, probably a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that was quite fascinating um, there. Okay, uh, next here is that redeemed men will become a higher order than the angels one day. Redeemed men will become a higher order than the angels one day. Turn with me back to Hebrews uh, chapter uh, 2. Uh, so your, your, your notes, if you have the older notes, may say Hebrews 1, 5 through 8. It should be Hebrews 2, 5 through 8. Uh, would somebody read uh, Hebrews 2, 5 through 8? For he has not put the world angels in the of your hands. Okay, and who's the him here? Jesus. Is it? Okay, the he there in verse 5 is God, right? God did not subject to angels. The world to come, which we're speaking of. So, if you go back, this this man, this is mankind. It's I, I believe it's redeemed mankind um, that he's speaking of in verses five through eight. Verse nine is really specific, right? We already looked at that, right? Verse nine is who? Jesus Christ, right? But verses five through eight is um, is uh, mankind, redeemed mankind, and so. He says, what is man that you remember him? What is it about mankind that you take note of him or, or you're concerned about him as opposed to angels? He's given this kind of you know, back and forth about who angels, you know, the, the role and the, they thought very highly of angels, right? And so um, he, he's comparing um, value equation of, of Christ to angels, and then he, he, he goes down to talk about mankind here, and he says that he has not given to angels, holy angels, let's say, um, the future what? The world to come. It's interesting. He hasn't given to them the world to come, and you would think they, that he would, because 
they they are they are a higher order than man, right? So you would think that they would be the ones to rule the future. But what does he say? He says, "You have made uh, you have made him a little while lower than the angels." This is all past tense verbiage. You've crowned him with glory and honor, and you've appointed him mankind over the works of your hands. And so mankind's destiny is is in verse eight. You've put all things in subjection under his feet. Uh, again, I, I believe this redeemed mankind's feet. So if if he's not going to give them future ruling capabilities, and if he lets us in on a secret from chapter one verse fourteen that that angels are ministering spirits sent out for the purpose of of the elect of a redeemed people to minister to them and serve them in this age that we are in, then he's saying they're getting ready for a time yet to come when, uh, verse 8, um, all things will be subject subject to um, uh, mankind. He says, but we do not yet see all these things the way we should, I think it's because of sin. We don't quite completely grasp how powerful a statement the author is making here, but the point is, is, is that, is that if this is the if this is the case today, in the future, there's coming another case, which is what redeemed mankind, okay, going to be placed at a at a level in an order that's above uh, angels. So. And, and this is this is what Colossians two talks about, where 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 uh, Christ um, blows away the, the the spiritual realm in such a way that would cause them to go, oh my goodness, look what God is doing to um, in, in in His redemption of mankind. He, he's he's pulling something off that's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's promised, right? That's promised that He's going to. Take us with him. That that's promise that we will we will. This passage is 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 speaking of redeemed mankind, and and he says that God's going to get a glory that is way beyond. Um, uh, God's going to get incredible glory as a result of redeeming mankind. And, and the fact that this is going to take mankind to a place that is. Um, that they're going to be have all things subjected to them, which is all things. All all things is all things. Yeah. It's also in First Corinthians. Yeah, I was going to go to that next. I think right. Yeah, First Corinthians six three. Let's go there real quick. Um, do I read that, uh, Don? Yeah. Starting at verse one, does any of you case against his neighbor to go to the law before the world? And if I pulled the today, are you not confident to constitute uh, the smallest law court? Do you not know that we shall judge? judge yeah. That also means rule. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Rule is, is, is how you think. So this whole concept of uh, there's coming a time in the future when redeemed mankind are, are going to be play, put in a place of ruling over all things. All things shall be subjected to them. And uh, so their ability to have wisdom high enough as a result of the redemption to 
to rule over angelic beings that today have far more wisdom than we do. I mean, there's something magnificent in that the whole spiritual realm is going to go, we just didn't, we, we didn't get it. <laughs> it's like, to, to take mankind from the depths, rescue them, and place them at this level is like a thing that all, all the whole, everybody will, 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 will worship God as a result of it. That's what Revelation 5 is all about. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. It's like, wow. Um, you know, my, my question on this one, too, is like, um, you know, on, on 1 Corinthians 3 is, you know, what about this do we just not get today? I mean, are, are we preparing our... Do we understand that God's preparing us for this roles? Do we understand, I mean, what... If wisdom and knowledge comes, discernment comes from fear of God, knowing God, I mean, how are we coming in our ability to play this role in the future? I mean, do, do we somehow think that, you know, you know, eternity starts now and I'm all of a sudden like the super wise person, you know? <laughs> like, I can do it now. It just, I, I, I went into the eternal realm, you know? It's, it's like, God's got us on a trajectory of growth and development and the question is, is what's that look like in our life? How are we coming on that? They always say, don't don't get promoted before you're ready. <laughs> in so many words, you're right? No, I'm just kidding. God will prepare us, but I mean that's that's what's that's what that's about. Okay. Um, classifications of angels. I want to talk a little bit about that um, in our time. And, and I want to get through and look at um, a couple of passages here more in depth. Uh, I want to talk about highest ranking angels. Um, Michael. Uh, Michael is the archangel. The archangel, Jude 9. Uh, we looked at that already. But uh, he's called the archangel. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And he's talking about this time that is yet to come. Uh, when, quote... Um, uh, knowledge will explode and um, transportation is going to be worldwide. What does that sound like? No. Um, okay. And it's, it's, it's at that time, according to Daniel 12.1, that Michael, the great prince, who stands guard over the sons of your people, Israel, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as never occurred on the... Uh, as since... Since there has never occurred since there was a nation until that time, and at that time your people, Jews, uh, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. Okay, so Michael is going to come into a, fo- a front, for uh, like a frontal role in this uh, in this time of this great tribulation and the preparation for what we saw as being the kingdom. Uh, so he, he's he's called the the great prince. Um, Jude, the archangel. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Daniel 10.21 kind of reiterates this again as be him being the protector of Israel. So if uh, uh, Daniel 10.21 says, uh, however I will tell you what is inscribed in the writing of truth, yet there is no one who stands firmly with me against these forces except who? Michael, your prince. Michael, your prince. Again, prince of Israel. So, there's this prince of Persia, uh, as we looked at the geopolitical landscape, uh, there's this prince of, uh, of uh, Israel, 
that is uh, that is Michael the the archangel. Okay. Um, in Revelation chapter twelve, uh, turn with me there. <clears throat> At the midpoint, three and a half years into the tribulation period, this this explosive war takes place where Satan actually thinks he can take take heaven. And so he actually, even though his abode has been put here, um, he all of a sudden um, does a coup d'etat, so to speak, and and uh, goes after uh, God's place in heaven. And um, you'll see in, in uh, Revelation 12, 7 through 9, somebody want to read that? Corporal God in heaven, Michael. And so Michael being the archangel, and uh, what did we learn about Satan? What kind of angel was Satan? He was a what? Cherubim. He was a cherubim, right. We're going to find out uh, today, hopefully, what a cherubim is. Um, so, he was a cherub, or cherub, part of the cherubim. And so, he, um, he, he was one of them, and he uh, takes on Michael here. And Michael, amazingly enough, if you look at, look at the verse there, it says, Michael and his angels, right? But Michael has has ownership of the angels. He leads the angels. He he's the one that somehow they've been God's entrusted to him. It doesn't say God's angels. It says Michael's angels. So he's given him authority over the angels um, because and he wins. He wins in this great uh, coup d'état and throws uh, Satan and, and the dragon and his angels, this monster, uh, out of heaven for forever. Okay. Which is the opposite of Satan? And his exactly. Like the exactly. It's the they're set up against each other. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So chief princes here is the highest ranking angels of God. Princes are the highest ranking angels of God. If you look at Daniel ten thirteen, won't go there due to time, but it talks about chief princes and uh, that they're the highest ranking angels of God. And then there's. Um, Ruling angels. Uh, so I would I would see in the angelic world, in the in the holy angel world, that chief princes are the highest ranking angels of God, and therefore are ruling angels. Remember when we looked at Ephesians six? What does it start with in, in verse I think eighteen or whatever? It talks about in the demonic realm, the first one, the first foremost one underneath Satan is who? Rulers, ruling angels. So. They were ruling over here on this side. They probably were ruling over on that side because they broke, and so we have ruling angels. But the archangel is up above there. So, you know, I mean, I, you, you hate to draw things out, right? But uh, there's there's God, and there's Michael, and uh, we're going to learn here next is uh, um, there's also Gabriel. Um, they have different roles. Uh, then, then there's, uh, I hate to use the word regular, but called regular, <laughs> regular angels. Regular angels. Okay. <laughs> regular angels. And then there's this, I think it's, I think you cut it here, probably. There's, uh, there's two dimensions here of types of angels that we're going to look at. There's what we call cherubim, seraphim. So ruling angels would be those angels that Probably, I, I would guess, since Michael is the archangel, and Gabriel just probably is a cherubim, but he has he has a different role than Michael does, that there's there's probably um, 
ruling angels. And these are class these are these are these are categories or kinds of angels as opposed to hierarchical um, levels of angels. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for instance, like Satan, right, here was a cherubim, was a seraphim, and he would have been would have been in this level of ruling angels, probably. Oh, same. Yeah. See what I mean? Any questions about that? I mean, you always kind of cringe about making an org chart, right? But um, the concept's there a little bit. Do you see that? How it works? Well, when you say... I'm, I'm totally on... What, what does archangel mean? Okay, so how can you have more than one? The, it says were, the archangel. Like the, I thought they were like... So, the so you have to ask the, the question, what, what's Gabriel's role... As opposed to Michael's role, because we just finished reading. Where do, who, who do the angels report to? Brother, right? It says Michael and his angels, right? I thought Michael was. We're going to find out what Gabriel's role is, but Michael was the prince of of, of, of Israel, and he also is called the archangel. The archangel. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, don't know uh, if there were more than that in the past. I mean, it, the scriptures don't seem to be clear about it, but. According to at least the verses we've looked at here, it seems to indicate that there's Michael was the leader of the angels. Um, and I don't know how some of these other ones here connect to Michael or connect to God. We're going to talk more about that this next time. Um, okay. Did I answer your question? Well, I've been talking about this. I don't... Yep. <laughs> yep. Show me where it is. Um, okay. Uh, prominent angels, um, like we said already, is Michael... Michael's name means who is like God. Um, wouldn't it be awesome to have a name like that and actually have it mean something? You know, who, who is like God? I mean, what? I mean, I think of Paul. You know, in you know, saying you know, um, you know, uh, walk like me. You know, it's like that's pretty cool. You know, uh, yeah. So Gabriel um, means man of God or God is strong. Man of God or God is strong. Uh, and so, to his role, just really quickly, is that he he's a special messenger. Um, special messenger. Most of you remember these um, things we've looked at already. I already talked about Daniel eight and nine. How he talked. Uh, he talked about the the what was going to come yet in the future for Israel. And so he 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 was the one who was the messenger by God to uh, Daniel to tell him about these uh, kingdoms yet to come, and, and then sp- specifically the, um, the end game for, for the nation of Israel, and how that all unbundles itself in what we call Daniel's 70th week. Um, and so that's how that happens. And then also, if you remember, at the birth of John the Baptist, who was there? Gabriel, right? He, he told him about, uh, about who John the Baptist was going to be, and he also struck his father, Zechariah, uh, Blind or deaf? Dumb. Dumb, yeah, dumb. Can't speak. Um, and then Christ, in the ne- next few verses, he talked about who Christ was going to be, Savior of the world, and that he was going to be great, and he's going to rule on David's throne. going to rule on David's throne. Okay, so, um, due to time, I wish I had gotten to this next section before, but I didn't. Um, you, we need to I tell you guys, I need your help on next week at least, for sure, because... Uh, we have some powerful things we're going to talk about Is next week. Is next week our last week? Yeah. Does it have to be? Um, <laughs> next week, I mean, 
this study of cherubim and seraphim, you will just, it, it'll rock your boat. It, it's, it's powerful. And um, so just encourage you, I'm going to start right at, I'm going to start at nine. So whoever's here, I'm going. Um, and, uh, but this whole concept of not only um, what cherubim are and what seraphim are and their role and how they interact with mankind, but also the ministry of angels to Christ. Primarily, I want to spend some time looking at uh, their ministry to believers, and I want to spend some time looking at their ministry to non-believers. And um, you talk about ministry, but it's it's it is a ministry. And so, uh, how does that work? And and um, uh, how does it affect us even today? Okay, good. Uh, Connie, would you close us in prayer? I'm light. I look forward to guards. Amen.